First name, Mr. Last name, Glass. Is it possible that there are no coincidences? I see dead people. Welcome back to Chronologically. This is the podcast where we go through the full filmographies of some of cinema's greatest creators. My name is Jeff, and with me is Eric. Hey, Jeff. How are you doing this morning? I'm great. How are you doing this morning? I'm super de duper. Well, that's it for this show. We're done. <laughs> no more episodes. No, we're uh, we are on season three, so we're going through the full filmography of M Night Shyamalan, and we are at the tail end. This is our penultimate episode for the season, and we watched old. We did watch old. Um, is this your first time having seen old, Jeff? This is my second go round. Um, I saw it when it was on video on demand. I didn't make it to the theater. And I remember people already shitting on this when it came out. So I think there's still at this point that M. Night Shyamalan stigma, right? There's still people who are like, ooh, M. Night Shyamalan. Because I remember the movie came out and someone was um, hate watching it and commenting along with it you know before they'd even seen it they're like i'm watching this i'm so excited to see this bad movie and i was like oh is the consensus this is bad okay and then i watched it and i I was fine you know i was fine how about you (laughs) i also did not get to the theater to see this so so i saw i looked it up this uh was made on like a, a 20 million dollar budget it ended up pulling in almost 100 million so five times its budget in profits um or in box office i should say that's not profits but anyhow uh so it not as good as some of the last ones like uh, both split and glass were in the 400 million range so they they did quite well but it should also be taken into consideration this was like peak covid right like yeah, they, they dropped this into theaters as a sacrificial lamb, man. Like nobody was going to the movie. So the fact that it pulled almost a hundred million is actually kind of respectable, you know. Um, I, I I do think that it got middling reviews. I think audiences gave it a C plus on the A to F scale, you know. And critics, I think it's sitting at about a fifty percent on Rotten Tomatoes or something like that. So I I did not get out to theaters. We were we were very COVID careful. And we did not yeah. go out and do stuff, you know, for quite a while. Um, but I excitedly did pull it out of the red box the very first day, you know, that it was there and brought it home and watched it with my my oldest son and my wife. And I I think we were kind of uh, kind of middling on it at the time, you know, um, like there 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 were parts that were very effective and parts that were kind of less effective or felt weird on that first viewing. Um, Was there anything you would refer to as cringy? No, I don't know about cringy. I, I, okay. So I'm going to tip my hand here and and much like a lot of the other films that we've been watching recently, I did enjoy this more the second time around. Now I'm not, Mm -hmm. I'm not willing to go the glass route and be like, this is actually a pretty damn good movie. I'm not, that, Correct, I'm yeah. not that far along with it. 
Um, but I will say that that there are pleasures to be had with this movie. Like, like I, I'm not mad that I watched it again. And if I'm bored on a Sunday afternoon and it came on TV, I'd probably watch it again. Like, this is not one of those movies where I'm like, I'm done for life with this movie. Um, right. That said, do you think? Do you think one of the reasons you and I, I would say I enjoyed this more the second viewing. Do you think a lot of that is is that you've much like Glass last week is you you've seen the twist, you know kind of how things are going to end, and that maybe allows you to enjoy the rest of the body of the film knowing what's ahead. Like it kind of you're over the the shock of the twist or the lack of shock of a twist. And now you're just watching the movie for what it is. Yeah, that might be part of it. I also, I was expecting the weird cadence and the weird dialogue and stuff this time. Like I knew that there were moments of like awkward interaction between the characters. So I wasn't like, ah, what the hell? Like when it started happening, you know, I was, I was like, yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember this. I remember that these kids act weird when they become teenagers, you know, and like, I don't know. Uh, I, okay, okay, okay. So, but, but regarding the twist, I kind of had forgotten. <laughs> That's only been two years. Again, <laughs> I had kind of forgotten what the twist was again until I saw like the glimmers of light up on the hill, and then I was like, "Oh yeah, okay." Like I kind of remember what's going on here, um, but it it didn't make that much of an impression on me the first time. And and honestly, I couldn't remember if anybody made it off the beach, you know. So that all kind of like it came back to me as I watched it, but uh, it obviously didn't make enough of an impression to stick with me even over two years, you know, since I've watched this. Um, so yeah, like like I I saw I, I've been reading, of course, a lot online, and there are a lot of people who feel like the ending or the twist, and it's barely even a twist. It's more of like an explanation, right? Uh, yeah. But but there are people that say, oh, it, it ruins everything that came before. Uh, hard disagree. Like, like I don't think it ruins the rest of the movie. I, I never think it does. Like, I, I'm able to separate that out. Do I feel it was necessary for the movie? No. No, not really. Like, I guess it's kind of nice to get the explanation and it's interesting and it, it leads to some like interesting thoughts and, and you know stuff we can talk about but had the movie just end with the family all dying on the beach and that was it I'd I'd have been okay with that too you know like I might have even been better with it like that was some weird European dark shit <laughs> yeah there's some bittersweet endings in this movie for some of the characters like I think the the main character parents they have a very bittersweet ending that's kind of touching um and so i think that their ending is actually quite good um and well done and earned yeah i think so too I, yeah and it's funny because for the majority of the movie i don't like those characters like right oh out, not at all right out of the and gate I, i'm like oh, fuck these people these people are assholes you know like both of them I, yeah. I, I don't like them at all and their acting isn't particularly great throughout most of the film but when they get to the end of the film i feel like their acting kind of comes up a level yeah i agree like, I, like i'm like oh i i kind of like these characters a little more now yeah and it, maybe it's just that they've <laughs> mellowed with age or whatever um both of both of the performers are fine like i've seen the women in in the the phantom thread which is by you know one of my least favorite 
directors, but she's fine. And, and, and the guy is uh, Werewolf by Night. I don't know if you've watched that Marvel thing on Disney. No. It's, it's only like 40 minutes long. It's worth a look. Like, it's it's pretty cool. It's like a black yeah. black and white. Like, 40 minutes I could probably give up to watch it. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty cool. Um, but anyhow, like, like I'm, I'm fine with both of them as performers but like the characters like I'm, i was really not into for most of it and so when it does settle down and there's that moment of like kind of bewildered acceptance you know and they they realize yeah. that enough time has gone by that their conflicts are kind of meaningless at this point they don't even remember really what they were like he doesn't he doesn't she does yeah because he gets a, like a form of dementia where he's like, what were you arguing about? And he's like, well, it doesn't matter anyway. And then it's the the best line, I think, in the movie is, there's, there's something I want to say to you. It's about my feelings for you. And he can't remember it. And she like holds his face and says, I know. I'm like, that's really good. Yeah, it, <laughs> is. Gosh, it is. It is. It is really re- good. It is really good. Yeah. And, and then the scene that follows, and of course they both die within like a minute of each other, you know? And yeah. then the scene that follows with the kids kind of sitting on the beach and, and they're just in acceptance, you know, like they're just like, well, we got, what do you think about 24 hours left, you know, or 16 yeah. hours left or whatever. And, and, uh, it, I don't know, like the way the kids evolve through the film and like are I don't know. I don't want to say they're forced into maturity, but they gain maturity as the film goes on. It's a really difficult thing to navigate. And you can yeah. see, you can kind of see the struggle in the writing and in the performances and in the direction during that mid section of the movie, because it's trying to communicate that their thoughts are becoming more complex and they are, they're gaining maturity and mental faculties without the benefit of additional education right so Mm -hmm. like they they only know what they've always known but their brains are working better you know and so uh, like that's that's a hard thing to navigate and to communicate in such a short amount of time on film you know um and and so that's that's the part of the movie that feels probably the most awkward to me and as i don't even want to like point at it and call it bad it's just there are some parts of that where it's kind of when you asked if anything was cringe that's the bit that to me feels just really like they say weird things they do weird things there's just like this 20 minute segment in the middle right around the time before and after the pregnancy where everybody's just saying weird shit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> They're all just saying weird stuff to each other. And uh, that's the part where I'm kind of like, this this could have tightened up or used like, I don't know, like something, something weird they're, going on there. I think you used, yeah, they're, the way they speak is a little off. And these are great actors playing these teenagers because it's the something wolf whatever his name is he was in my friend Dahmer and hereditary um i can't remember his name i can pull it up though uh alex wolf uh he's a great actor and then thomas and mckenzie is also a great actress oh yeah she's awesome from jojo rabbit yes one night in soho so there is something weirdly false in like some of their stuff um but it didn't it wasn't enough to take away from the movie. Now, one of the characters I think I liked the most was uh, Rufus Sewell's 
Charles. He was the doctor. He was so interesting to me because he was like um, married this really younger woman. And then he kind of starts. I don't know what his obsession was with that movie starring uh, Jack Nicholson. Marlon Brando. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I looked it up. It's like, I forget what it's called now, but there is a movie. And it's something Knights, Kingdom Knights or whatever. I don't remember. But um, I was like, I should probably watch that. But I think he is so good in the movie, like in those moments where he's like operating. He's like, wait a minute. No, seriously, there was a movie <laughs> like operate. He's like, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Like, he, <laughs> And then when he starts to lose it a bit, you know, like he's clearly there's an undertone of racism there between him and probably the greatest character name to ever grace cinema screens. Mid-size, mid-size sedan. sedan yeah man <laughs> it's now if we had a rap battle between mid-size sedan and t-diamond stylus who you taking you took you stole my last question my last question <laughs> that i was going to ask you to wrap the, sh- the to wrap the show was what's a better name t-diamond stylus or oh, mid-size- t-diamond stylus <laughs> t-diamond stylus is a way better name mid-size, it's not even close mid-size sedan it's still a pretty pretty epic name like <laughs> it's funny but it's not good it's believable like if there were a rapper that suddenly showed up called mid-sized sedan i wouldn't even blink at it like <laughs> <laughs> i would but i'd get over it pretty quick but i mean what are like are there names like i talked about flow rider last uh, episode how i thought that was a silly name because it's just florida with a space in it you, you think of any any names that have come around Rapper wise, you're like, oh no, God, no, no, not really. Like, I, nothing I, is bad as midsize sedan. I think midsize sedan is epic. I, I think depending on the okay. type of music that midsize sedan is doing, <laughs> like it's all car. Well, you just kind of gain. You kind of, kind of like give some insight. It's not even boastful. It's not. It's, it's well, that's just it. It's not boastful. It's kind of yeah. middle of the road <laughs> because it's a mid-sized sedan, right? It's yeah. not even like a big sedan or a coupe. You know, like it's a mid-sized sedan, and so it gives you like this insight into where he's at mentally and what he's all about. And I think that as the movie goes on, you learn more about his character and who he is. He's mid-sized sedan. Like, like he, he's like, he's not overly boastful. He's just kind of chill. You know, he's doing his thing. He's not going to put up with shit, but, yeah. you know, but he's going to get the job done. He's a mid-sized sedan. Like, I yeah. think it's okay. I think it's awesome. I just loved it. I just loved it. But do you think, what do you, what do you, what do you think is the better rapping name? Ooh. If I were to pick a rapper to listen to, if you if you if you had two Spotify playlists and one was T Diamond Stylus and one was Midsize Sedan, I would go with Midsize Sedan every time. Yeah. Every Out time. Out of curiosity. Out of curiosity. Yeah. T Diamond yeah. Stylus just sounds like you're run of the mill, like, you know, kid superficial <laughs> bullshit. You know, we were in the club, we were popping bottles, you know shorty with her ass out like <laughs> wow like that's, can you guess it's not if eric's white or not it's not what i'm into i want to hear mid-size sedan what he's got to say okay all right mid-size sedan it is <laughs> yeah but i back to uh charles rufus sewell's character i just really liked his arc of him losing it you know and then eventually needing to be 
put down. <laughs> yeah, I, I also think that he's wonderful. Uh, it's funny because last week when we were talking about this movie, you kind of looked at the IMDb and you said, starring nobody of note. And <laughs> I started watching the movie because I, I agreed in the moment. And I was like, wait, oh, it's yeah. that guy. And, and, oh, it's that guy. Like, I knew all these people. Like, like his But it's, oh, it's that guy, right? It's not, right. hey, Tom Hanks. It's, oh, it's that guy from that thing I like. Right, right. That's what I mean, right? Yeah. Like, if, if it were, you know, Mark Wahlberg, you'd be like, shit, Mark Wahlberg's in this. But nobody of that. Right. stature right right is in this film yeah rufus sewell but like most, next most... week you'll be like oh shit in that next week's episode you'll be like oh damn it's ron weasley Batista. right and then then you'll be like ron weasley and you might take you a minute to figure out his name so that's a little lower on the rung right and then there's one of the characters is from the show um mine hunter and you'll be like oh that's that guy from mine hunter that's kind of how i would rank them and all of these people are that guy from Mindhunter. Yeah, I know you're right because I was about to give the example that Rufus Sewell is in The Diplomat on Netflix. That's he's wonderful in it. Like he's really really good. But yeah, that's that's kind of the most recent thing that I know him from. Uh his wife is uh super beautiful model lady from Mad Max Fury Road. I don't know if you remember Charlize Theron no 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 they're they're hauling they're hauling these ladies around yeah right? I remember they're, them but I don't know which one was who yeah and there's a blonde she's, one and... she's she's one of them and she was also okay. uh she had a big part in Lovecraft Country which is a fantastic HBO show watch that damn Fury Road man I got I love that movie yeah, Fury anyway. Road yeah amazing yeah as soon as I started thinking about it this morning I was like I gotta put up the big screen and watch Fury Road <laughs> like that's, that's clearly <laughs> what I need to do with my night tonight um so anyway yeah there are a lot of notable interesting uh let's call them character actors in this in this film but yeah i i agree on him i think that his uh his part is amazing there's one shot where like the camera is way back and it's kind of dusk and he's on the beach and he's standing there with his head cocked like looking like fucking Michael Myers, just standing there totally still, just staring at everybody. And that's when I was like, oh yeah, you guys got to get over there and fucking kill that guy. Like, yeah. He is not all right. Like he has got to go. Um, I was initially thinking like when I was watching it, I was like, well, he's just got, he's just got like dementia, you know, like early onset dementia. And I think like yeah. he has it when he arrives, you know, and that's what his secret is ailment is and his wife is aware of it because he's constantly like ah and she's like i won't say anything i won't say anything um but then uh as it goes on it's more than dementia like he's got like paranoid schizophrenia like he's he's yeah. like definitely uh lashing out at people who haven't done anything and you know reading into situations that aren't there and and so on but by the end, so he do is you just a raving lunatic. With that, do you think his actions against Midsize Sedan are uh, him just being uh, dealing with mental illness, or is he racist? No, he's racist as fuck. Like for okay. sure, one hundred percent. Like he, he, like he's still mostly in his right mind, and he's immediately just like pointing the finger at Midsize Sedan when that woman washes up, and even like right when they get there. He sees Midsize Sedan sitting there, and he's like, "Let's move our towel away." Because oh, that's true. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is the white peach. <laughs> yeah, no, he's he's definitely <laughs> yeah. uh, already coming into it with some racist issues with his Aryan wife, and anyhow, uh, 
Yeah. Speaking of which, I think she is pretty annoying throughout the most of the film, but her that final segment with her in the cave is so good and like uh, where she's chasing the teens in the cave is so horror-like that I'm like, damn, I need Shyamalan to go full horror one of these movies. Like even The Visit is as close as we get. But I'm still like, I, I really want him to go a little harder into his horror movie. Yeah, like The Visit, I was watching this movie thinking, is this rated R? Like, it is skating right on the edge of rated R. It still maintains yeah. that PG-13, like it cuts away when uh blonde daughter is falling off the cliff. It doesn't show the impact, you know. And, and But I think that that segment is skating right on the edge of what you can get away with because that shit is horrific. And, <laughs> and it's already healed up. <laughs> brilliant. Just brilliant. You know, like what a fantastic way to use the rules of the movie to deliver just this nightmare scenario of this crazy spider lady scrabbling towards you yep. in the dark cave and their light and matches to look at like it's just so good like it's yeah. just such a good segment i i absolutely love it yeah and and the whole setup of it where she's at the beginning such a bitch about her uh needing her calcium and her calcium bomb yeah, and then, you know, she gets the hunchback and then she goes off to hide because she can't stand being, you know, not young and beautiful anymore. And and then, oh, that, that horrible, horrible end that she comes to. Like, oh, man, so good. Like like I said, yeah. there are some real pleasures to be had in this movie. I thought uh, the surgery scene was also very well done. Maybe not as intense as that, but very well done, you know. Uh, like, I mean, I like the how rapid the tumor grows like the oh it's a golf ball oh god it's a it's a grapefruit oh god it's a melon and by the time they pull it out it's, it's, it's like a basketball and, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's so big and and she keeps wolverining uh, back closed you which know makes and, me wonder one of the things i'm like because they're splitting up over a health concern that she has and then he there's some infidelity going on but if her health issue can be solved by one surgery why are they estranged like why are they sort of agreeing to end things i i was under the impression that they are separating because of the infidel infidelity and to her the tumor is incidental because she says let's not let this change things it's just a small health problem we already agreed that we were going to split up, you know? So I, I was under the impression yeah. that the tumor was incidental to them breaking up and she's trying not to let it impact their decision where he is. He's like, Oh, this changes things. And she's like, Oh no, this doesn't change things. Um, I also, well, kinda, she... I also kind of wonder if like, if the tumor at that point is one of those things that's like, inoperable or they're not going to bother with it till it gets bigger like i've got these damn things on my kidneys right and, yeah. and they hurt sometimes and i go to the doctor and they scan them and they're like ah oh, these cysts are only five centimeters i'm like fucking five centimeters is huge get that shit out of there and they're like no no we don't mess with them until they're 18 centimeters which is like god damn it like a baseball like <laughs> get that out of there but they're just like no we don't do it until such and such a size. And so I'm wondering if that's what she's got going on. Like, uh, 
you know, she's just too yeah. too early well, on to it, bother with it. So then based on what you're saying in the, the way you remember it too, is she's very much the one that wants out because she doesn't know that he knows about the infidelity at this point. I think, I think she has told him about the infidelity, but he, she hasn't. No, because no, he the, reveals, she, he reveals that he knew before she told him, I think, because he, he, no. So she talks to Thomason yes. and, and, and Thomason asks, was there another person? And she nods yes. And then she asks, does dad know? Does dad know? And she says no. Oh, right. Okay, you're right. And then, and then, and then, and dad, then dad, says, dad reveals, I hey, I went through your phone. I saw this. And it, and so based on what you're saying, he's very much like, let's work through this. Let's keep going. And she's wanting out. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think that's a good analysis. Yeah. Always a good sign of a trusting, loving marriage going through your spouse's phone. You know, that, yeah, that's right. Always, that doesn't start fights. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't have anything I'd be too worried about other than like my sense of humor with my friends. Well, yes, but I wouldn't even be worried about it. It would just be like, this is what you talk about. I'm like, right, eh, right. No? Totally, yeah. totally the same. Yeah. She can go through. Like, we're not precious about our phones at all. But if I were to like sneak on her phone while she was in the bathroom and start going through her text messages, I think that's a sign oh, that, that we've different. got a problem, right? Like, right. Like, yeah. There's already a problem in play. If that's, right. if that's what you're doing with your time. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So, our other characters, uh, psychologist with epilepsy and her husband, the nurse. Uh, I know he is an O oh, that guy from Lost. Yes. This is where I know him from. Yeah, and I didn't recognize her at all. Like, no. Yeah, she didn't ring any bells for me. Um, I did find her. Jupiter Ascending. That's a film you've seen. Oh, I love that movie. Uh, <laughs> she is in Knock at the Cabin coming up next. Okay. okay. So. Yeah, Jupiter Ascending is like an insano movie. <laughs> it's well worth it's well worth a look. I stand by it as like just so fucking crazy that it's worth watching. Um Yeah, okay, so I found her a little irritating. I did not like the way she kept trying to do group therapy with everybody. Like, yeah. like we we only have one day. We're running out of time. Quit trying to make us circle up and talk about our feelings, you know? Like right. I it, I I'm way too practical-minded to put up with that sort of shit in a situation like that. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, no, we're, we're solutioning now. <laughs> we're not talking about our feelings. So, yeah, I, I wasn't terribly into her. And in the end, I kind of felt like she was more of a plot device than a character anyhow. Um, yeah, because it's like she's the only one where, like, when the twist comes where the medicine has worked or whatever. Yeah. You know. Exactly. And, yeah. Yeah, and and and... All of that, I think, is set up very well. All The whole thing is set up very well. And this is why I kind of don't mind the twist so much. Like, the idea... It didn't, it didn't feel as out of left field this time to me, because I started noticing the breadcrumbs. Exactly, and there are breadcrumbs. Like, unlike what we've talked about in the past, where it just flies out of nowhere, and you're like, well, this fucking came out of nowhere. This yeah. this movie does have the breadcrumbs. Like, they talk about how, you know, there was an advertisement on their receipt at the pharmacy, right? So, like, like the pharmacy obviously has something in place where if somebody is filling these specific prescriptions we're going to advertise to them about the super low cost vacation destination to try to get them here right um 
And then, you know, she talks about how she hasn't had a seizure for, you know, such and such amount of time while they've been on the beach and she doesn't understand why she hasn't had one, you know, and, uh, the idea like they all express they they figure out that everybody has a some sort of ailment you know like one person from each party has an ailment including yeah. mid-sized sedan and the woman that he was there with um recipes yeah non, non- i can't character. i hope he's like tupac and he keeps dropping albums years after his death <laughs> got a backlog recorded like us <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um so yeah i do feel like the setup was there this time and the idea that they're being observed like somebody set them up and knows what's happening down there yeah once you think about it like so what it got me was like well we get this answer to the film is like why are these people sending people to this beach because they very deliberately do and there's plenty of evidence of dead people who've already been there and then you've got the people on the hill looking down and it's very clear that they're looking down and there's one of the shots where i'm like that's m night Shyamalan up there yes. right you know even before they do the full reveal and so there is this question of like if they don't deal with that and you get to the end of the movie you're like well what was the deal with the guy on the hill right why are they sending people here so you need an explanation for those things or you do the movie where they just happen upon the beach Yes. And then, but, you know, then you don't have the whole health thing. Which is essentially, which is essentially what happened in the first place, right? Like, right. It has, somebody had to be first. And I think there's the, there's like a sign, uh, up in the laboratory that's like in, in memory of the first expedition or something like that. There's like a list of names on there because, you know, some, somebody figured out what was going on there and the question then becomes like, how did they, how did they communicate it out? You know, like how did, how did they figure this whole thing out to know that like, once you cross this certain threshold, you're in, but you can't get back out. Right. Because if you can't get back out, how are you letting other people know to send people in? You know, like, I don't yeah. know, like the, how, how it all got started would be an interesting movie. I want to see a follow-up to old, which takes place in like 1952. Yeah. 1952 yeah. when the first expedition gets there and how they, uh, how they communicate out what's happening. Um, so that, that leads to a lot of questions that I have about, the pharmaceutical company and you know the rules around this place and so on let me say this first i believe a pharmaceutical company would absolutely do this if they could that is my very first question would would a biopharma company actually do this yes yeah of course i think it'd be tougher to keep the secret than they make it appear in this film there's a lot of people on that group island and i'm like something's gonna leak eventually it would fall apart and it would be revealed which it does by the end of the film but um but yes pharmaceutical companies don't care no they absolutely they don't, don't care. care they're like drop and die in monkey's eyeballs like they just absolutely don't well care. and even this group justifies their actions by the lives they save hey we sacrificed eight lives but now we're going to save millions of them and that's the sort of logic that a company would use to get around their own you know, lack of morals. Yes. And so, yes, absolutely. If hypothetically, if this existed, you know, they would, a pharmaceutical company would absolutely do this without question. Okay. Yeah. I, I, we're both on the same page here. I read an interesting article that was basically making the case that, uh, 
corporations as entities are psychopathic like they're they're or sociopathic they absolutely have no consideration whatsoever for anything except for the bottom line you know and and it doesn't matter who i mean look at the oil companies that are destroying the planet you know so they can continue the nfl yeah yeah, all of them the nfl google like Like, all of them you know like yeah they're all horrible mcdonald's like they could pick one you know like any of them coca-cola walmart nestle uh look up nestle i mean oh nestle's a fucking nightmare (laughs) it's so funny because like here in the united states you think of nestle and you think oh nestle crunch yum i I love a good nestle crunch which i do i love a good nestle crunch internationally (laughs) nestle is like a fucking titan of shit shows it's like the world's biggest shit cyclone like <laughs> they're just horrible if you want, there's a, a great podcast called swindled which deals with uh corporate greed and and greed on an individual level uh fantastic podcast um and they do have an episode on nestle uh baby nestle what comes to my mind is baby food like like right like uh, that's the the big, the big one, the big one, and their policies around it, and how many children they've killed, and <laughs> like, and they, uh, one of the ones that st- stunned me was like, I mean, if you've seen Blackfish, the the Sea World execs when they go into their meetings to, and I'm like, wow, they're really protecting themselves to be able to keep killing trainers like it's insane we still need to be able to get them in the water otherwise people won't come but they're being killed you know (laughs) and they just don't care they don't care right it's insane yeah and and they're all like that they're absolutely like that yeah um it's it's really funny and even on a microcosm i've worked for small companies that you know it's same same sort of like ruthless dollars and cents calculations you know this guy just discovered his wife is pregnant lay him off you know (laughs) that sort of shit you know um so yeah like microcosm to macrocosm uh corporations are a nightmare and i absolutely agree that they would certainly do this and look at it as like a huge blessing like this this is this gives us an advantage over the competition. We're going to be able to bring stuff to market so much faster and they won't even know how we're going to run circles around them. We're going to make so much goddamn money. Like that's, that's exactly where their heads are. Um, Okay. So I'm not going to ask you uh, whether or not the ends justify the means, because I think we both. uh, So this is a great question though, right? You know, it is still a moral dilemma, which I think is what makes movies and storytelling really great is being able to juxtapose it is like um you know if your kid was ill and this pharmaceutical company had been putting kids on islands and they figure out the drug and you're like well i gotta save my kid Uh, you know like it, it it is a i i think at the end of the day no but it is quite the question depending on who you are and your position in life like if you're someone who's got a loved one that's dealing with some sort of ailment, you might be like, yeah, you know, it saved my kid. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, like over the course of this horrific film in a 24 hour period, they do cure epilepsy, right? Right. <laughs> like, like epilepsy is taken off the board. So there, there is definitely 
an argument to be made there. I saw an interesting article and I can't remember which site it was or else I would let people know, but it was essentially asking the question like, it was comparing this to the matrix, right? And it was kind of like, if you didn't know the uncomfortable truth, if you were outside the situation and just living life, would you want to know the uncomfortable truth, right? So if you were just living in the matrix, do you want to know that you're in the matrix or do you just want to live your life? And same thing with yeah. this. Like if you were just receiving the benefit of these pharmaceutical products, would you want to know what went into them? And and I feel like that's a hard no. Like people don't want to know. Like we don't want yeah. to know now. We don't want to look at we a don't meat packing plant. We don't exactly. want to know what's yeah. going on at the, you know, at the pharmaceutical testing labs. Like, no, hell no, we don't want to see them cutting up squids and doing whatever the fuck they're doing to like make these drugs. Well, no, totally no. Uh so yeah, I it is it does and that that's why I'm kinda like I don't hate this ending, you know, because because it does lead to all of these interesting moral questions and and so on. It said it takes the movie from like an existential moderation about age and aging and it adds this this other layer onto it that makes it about that still but also about this other thing, you know. Yeah. And uh and I I feel like it makes it a like a deeper stronger film. Yeah. But to answer the question, I don't believe the ends justify the means. I think they're, uh, I don't know. I, I, I've at some point in my life come to the moral justification that do the right thing right now. Right. You know, and you might look at that. And so the right thing that these people can do in this movie is not send people to their death. Right. Yes. And in their mind though, the right thing is to cure as many people as well honestly to make as much money as possible like if they're moral like if they were trying to cure as many people as possible and that was their only motive then it would be a little more of a gray area but actually their motive is to sell these drugs as much as possible under the guise of you know yeah i suppose but, i suppose it's like the there there are several like kind of philosophical questions that are coming to mind like a train is bearing down and on one track, you have 10 strangers, and on the other track, you have your child. You have the power to flip the switch, which... I'm running over the people. You're running over the people, right? Yeah. And, and, and <laughs> like, I get it. It's such an absurd hypothetical, though, that it puts you in, that it keeps me from really even having to worry about answering it. You know, like, yeah, I'm going to run the people over. But... Right, and that's essentially um, the, the 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 decision that the pharmaceutical company is making here. They're they're no, gonna run. They're gonna run over these, They're gonna run over these strangers to say. Here's the difference: you can go straight ahead and not kill anyone and not quite make as much money, or you can go to the right and kill ten people and make ten million dollars. Right. Okay. So that's the difference. Let's let's take the money out of the equation. So let's say uh, sunshine. You ever see the movie Sunshine? The sun is no. burning out, right? Yeah. The only way to save it is to take eight people, put them on a spaceship, and send them to the sun to do this thing. Now, in that movie, the people volunteer. But let's say you just got to pick eight and put them on this thing and send them to the sun. So that's where the hypothetical breaks down, because you would find eight people in the world willing to do that. 
I think. If you say, hey, we got to send this thing to space, we need people, it's a suicide mission, people would do it. You know, like they do it in war and they do all kinds of risky shit all the time. I, I it's those eight like, people have I, never seen sunshine. It looks very unpleasant. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably true. Yeah. Okay. Uh, y- you know what I'm saying, though. Like taking yeah, a small but, number and sacrificing them for the greater good. Like that's the equation that this company is dealing with, right? Like, yes, but they're going with other. You can like so medical trials are the thing, and you can volunteer for medical trials. The Donner so, Party. And people do. Okay, the Donner Party. We got all these people out here. Somebody's got to get hit in the head with coconut and die, so we can eat them and survive, right? But like, they waited for them to die. Well, okay. Uh, Listen. Alive. <laughs> <laughs> it's, they're on a boat. We're on a boat. Okay. <laughs> There's six people on a boat, right? Everybody's people healthy, have... but we're all very hungry. Okay. So <laughs> let me ask you this, because it's happened in life. There, They've been people on a boat where they've had to cannibalize. Do you and those people come back ashore? Do you hold them accountable? No, not really. No. Like, no, I totally get it. Like, you got to eat somebody. Um, <laughs> pick the annoying guy. Um, hope, hope that you're not the annoying guy. <laughs> That's why yeah. when you're trapped on a boat with six people, you got to just kind of lay low. You got to, like, be cool, make a little joke now and then, smile, laugh, you know. Be the guy that just people- Just because you don't want to be eaten. Be the people guy people don't want to eat. Yeah, be the guy- Also be thin. Oh, be yeah, thin. for sure. Yeah, be thin. Yeah. Okay, so the rules of the beach. Here's one note that I have is one word. Ready? Yeah. Menstruation. Uh, okay, two guys on a podcast talking about menstruation. Let's do this. Well, I'm just saying, everybody's in swimsuits. These children are maturing at a very fast rate. And we have a child who goes from non-childbearing age to childbearing age and has a baby without menstruation. So they would, what's the math on it? What do they say? 30 minutes is is two days? <laughs> they would never stop menstruating. No, like 30, would just, 30 seconds is two days. Like, is like, that what it yeah, is? Yeah, like he caresses her face at the end and she says, we just aged three days while you were touching my face, right? So yeah. like, so... We're talking like they would be, it would just never stop. Like it would just never stop, right? Like they would, it would just. So do you see why he didn't put it in the film? <laughs> I do see why he didn't put it in the film, but it did occur like, oh, in, <laughs> I don't want to say in real life. In real life, this would be really messy. Like this would be a bit yeah, of a situation. Well, and I think if they don't do the baby birth that maybe you could science your way around it right? right you could try to think of some sort because they talk about that nail in the hair you know oh it's dead cells maybe they could think of some sort of weird way around it but because the the kid who gets there is what four years old and by the end of the movie she's had a baby there has to be some sort of biological change there so yeah yeah Okay, so we're talking about, and it's never 100% explained. So, like, you can kind of, like like you said, science your way around this. But the 
metal in the rocks or some mineral in the rocks is impacting the living cells of the people so that they age faster. Right? Is that that's yeah. that's the premise. Okay. Doesn't impact dead cells, right? Or else the mm-hmm. paper would fall apart. There's paper involved here on in, yep. in several ways, right? Why do dead people rot away? Because of organ no well there's still organisms though, right? I guess. Like like are are germs hyper fast as well? I mean, guy gets infected by rusty silverware, and why is it rusty? Uh guy gets infected by rusty salt water i'm fine with it yeah yeah okay all right i'll i'll let this the the rusty silverware slide and we (laughs) don't know how it's right on the beach how long people have been going out there and the plastic stuff still seems to be i live in florida people who have cars on the beach that shit is rusty yeah yeah it's funny because my sister also lives in florida and when they buy used cars they check them to see if they were northern cars because they've got this weird thing about the salt they're like oh the salt yeah. on the roads is gonna fuck up those cars on the bottom and we don't want those north cars and carfax that shit it was a northern one we don't want it it's like you live by the goddamn ocean and the yep. sun fucks up your paint job like no other like <laughs> like like florida cars have that like thing around the edges where the yep. paint's like peeling off them from the sun beating down on them so like you need like a nice middle of the road like let's talk about like maybe uh a tennessee car like a tennessee yeah. car is probably the way to go that's what you really want inland is what you want yeah 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 okay so yeah i i had i had some questions about uh about like the rotting away and like you know i'm so I'm they do hairs have... here because it makes for an interesting narrative but still right. like if you're gonna have rules like follow so follow the rules. they have the 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 one thing they do establish is there's no fish and then when they go through the coral at the end of the movie there's fish so whatever is happening on the island is killing the fish right so is it always also killing like tiny microscopic organisms as well like how how is this like rotting if it's cellular it'd have to rotting right? doesn't like it, just occur right like your cells break down to a certain point but then you're also reliant on other biological but are your cells splitting in the same way you know what i mean like they're hyper splitting and if and the ways cells are asexual so maybe they're just splitting faster yeah but then there's also like bacteria that come into play and other yeah. organisms you know the worms crawl in the worms crawl out right if there are no worms then there's no room worms to crawl in and crawl out like you're just falling apart like i don't know this is one of those things i was uh who was i talking to i was talking to someone about it no it, i think it was actually i don't remember but so I, i'm not one of those people who gets super like uh, into like, well, that can't possibly be true unless it's super glaringly obvious. Most of the time I just suspend disbelief and I move on with my day because I was watching uh, a friend of mine. We we're talking about the movie Barbarian and he's like, I hated that movie. I'm like, you hated Barbarian? It's a great like, movie. I don't understand. And he just, all he could talk about were the things that didn't make scientific sense. I'm like, none of that shit bothered me. I mean, you're right. Those things are not scientifically possible, but I don't care like star trek their light warp speed there's no uh time dilation that's fine i don't care 
You know what I mean? Like, it yeah. doesn't matter. It's fiction. It's here to be fun. The only time it bothers me is when it goes against the, the rules that the movie has established. Like, if the the movie says these are the rules and then it breaks its own rules, I'm like, well, now, you, now you're fucking up. No, yeah, I agree. I agree. And I, like I said, I'm splitting hairs here. But while I'm splitting hairs, let me ask you why this biopharma company didn't go out there and pulverize that fucking coral. Someone would not volunteer. No one volunteered to do it. <laughs> he got, no, hey, like Jim. a rocket launcher. <laughs> just like shooting dynamite You're up on the down hill. into the water, blowing that shit up. <laughs> we got millions. We got billions on the line. We're curing epilepsy. Kill that shit. <laughs> yeah. Did you, did, were you accepting of the coral as being the out? I thought that maybe the coral was marking the route out like like maybe that is the narrow corridor where the minerals are not impacting you know and they're able to get through without getting the bends like i i I liked the idea that they would get the time bends right and that that their bodies wouldn't be able to handle going back to a normal flow of time um i i (laughs) The, the coral is just like what you were just talking about. It's a story device and we're just going to have to let it go. You know, right. <laughs> you know? Um, which, you know, also answers my questions of why they're not out there, you know, tossing dynamite off a rowboat and blowing that coral up. So, yeah, I guess I guess that, you know, the coral. I'm is not the- saying we shouldn't ask these questions. I'm just saying I'm the type of person that normally doesn't. Right. I, generally speaking, I'm like, if the movie says people are going to age really fast on this island. I believe you. I don't need any explanation. I don't need to know why the rocks are fucking doing it. I don't need the science behind it unless you've really figured out the science. Right. Like if you're trying to be hard science and you figured it out, then I then I kind of want to know. But you're telling me a story of an island where people age fast. I'm good. Hey, I'm here for the premise. Let's go. I don't need to know why in six cents ghosts are around. It's fine. I don't, I don't, I'm here for the ghost story. Yeah. If they have figured out the science, that can be its own fun thing. I just read an interesting science fiction novel called The Anomaly. It's, it's a French book and it's about, uh, an airplane flying from France to New York and it hits really bad turbulence and it makes it through the turbulence and lands. And then three months later, the exact same airplane comes flying out of the sky with the exact same people on it and lands it's like a photocopy of the original one and then the rest of the book is them just twisting themselves in knots trying to figure out the science of how it happens yeah. and all the theories and stuff and it's just pretty pretty good so that could be its own you know sort of entertainment but yeah i i agree with you i'm willing to accept a concept and not look too deeply at it but if the film only half ass looks at it that's when i you right. know that's when i kind of yeah i mean there are exceptions for sure um, and I'm sure if I think back in my mind, I'm like, this is stupid. There was probably a movie that I've unfairly shit on ignoring my own rules about it. So, you know, I just can't remember any of them. Yeah. That said, like the movie where people do just stumble on the beach and there is no evil company and, you know, they age and, and deal with these same situations with no explanation. I, I would definitely be interested in watching, yeah, and watching especially that as like well. I, like, have you ever ending? seen? Ooh, 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 ooh. Have you ever seen the ruins or read no. the book? Book by Scott Smith. Um, 
great, great book. It's about these people and they're on vacation in South America and all the locals are like, don't go out on the ruins, like Aztec, Aztec ruins, right? And they're like, don't go out on the ruins. Don't go out in the ruins. And these fools go out there. And uh, it's it's a similar situation where once you're there, you you cannot leave. But in this case, it's some weird alien plant life thing that's keeping them there and eating them or something. It's really good and like really kind of like claustrophobic, we can't get out of here sort of situation. I've put Um, it on my wish list. But that one I've been looking for a new book. Yeah, that one does not have much of an explanation. And yes, I would definitely recommend the book first if you're going to do like the book and the movie. Read the book. Oh like, the yeah, book, the book. Is I, w- I would do the book first. Yeah, um, yeah. That same guy wrote a simple plan, which is also recommendable. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie with Billy Bob Thornton. And- yep, I did a review on it on the Movie Draft House. Yeah, that's a good one. Anyhow, all right. Well, that's kind of all I had for old. Did you have anything else? I did. We covered all the bases. We talked about mid-sized sedan, which was my only note. Um, and I guess from a, a thumbs up, thumbs down, I, I'd, I'd say this is a cocked up a little bit. Yeah, I would say it's uh, it's cocked halfway up. Yeah, yeah. Not yeah. not not hateable by any means. And I've come to accept its weird ways as being okay. Yeah. Well. We're here, Eric. Next episode, in two weeks, we're going to take a look at Knock at the Cabin, a film you have not seen, one that I have seen, and it will be our final episode of the season. Uh, So I do want to say we will uh, take a small break between seasons and return on November, excuse me, March, November, woo, tells you how far ahead we're recording. We will return on March 6th with our fourth season, which, uh, get at me if you have a problem with this title, anyone. Stephen King through the 80s. We will be covering Carrie, which is 76, and then Salem's Lot, which is 79, and then everything else through the 80s. And uh, So let's, let's just Eric, take a minute here. Jeff was unwilling to accept the 70s and the 80s because there are only two films in the 70s, well, and there's like 10 in the 80s. So he was he was not willing to go Stephen King the seventies and the eighties. It just felt unnecessary. <laughs> Whereas through the eighties covers all of it. We're gonna watch all of Stephen King through the eighties. I think I I have I I don't really have an opinion on this. I just you like, have strong feelings about this. <laughs> you not. need it to be seventies and eighties. <laughs> I do not. I think it's fine. Through the eighties is fine. I'm willing to yeah. follow your lead on this. A little bit of the seventies and through. Well, the the names, the alternate names that we came up with, or I should say, you came up with, were not that great. I mean, seventies and eighties. Honestly, that's fine. We could do that. But then your next recommendation is, what if it's Stephen King, 1979 through the, and then the 80s? I'm like, what? <laughs> and then you said, what about Stephen King less than 1989? <laughs> what? Before 1990? No. I have great Th- ideas. Through the 80s. <laughs> That's it. There'll be a couple in the 70s. You'll get over it if you actually have an objection to it. <laughs> Right. Okay. So then, uh, after the '80s, then we're going to interject somebody else in there before we continue right. on with Stephen and King we'll in the '90s. In the '90s or through the '90s, because at that point it'll just be the '90s. Yeah. And then I think the last season will be called everything else. But the last season's like all crappy miniseries. But I don't know if they're crappy. But I don't really want to watch a ton of miniseries. But 
I do. Are. You know I do. I love a I miniseries. I watched the trailer for Salem's Lot because I'm like, oh, this is 70s because I didn't remember that. And I started watching, I'm like, ah, oh, this film grain. And I'm just, I'm really excited for a series with nothing but 80s movies. Because yeah. there's a point when we're watching some of our series, like I did Hitchcock, or where you get out of a certain era. And like with Spielberg, we started getting where the films started looking really clean and nice. I'm like, ah, I, I love the 80s and the 90s film grain. And next season is just going to be all that. Yeah, I'm into it. I'm I'm a big Stephen King fan. I'm sitting here right now looking down on my bookshelf at this giant swath of Stephen King books that is here right in front have of you, me. How, have you read all or most of his work? I have read all of Stephen King's work with the exception of the Dark Tower series, which I found to be interminable nonsense. And I've never read Salem's Lot. And I don't know why. But everything so, else I have read every other book by Stephen King, all the short stories, all the novels, like they like, do. I remember all of them, eh. you know, like especially a lot of those short story collections and the short novels and stuff. There are some, I remember more than others, like the Bachman books. I have like burned into my brain. You know, I know those yeah. left and right, but some of those other, like ask me what's in four past midnight. I don't, I can't list that offhand, you know, like, you know, like, so do you, do you have a movie you are most looking forward to in the eighties? Oh my God. Um, do I have a movie? I'm mostly Carrie, Salem's Lot, Shining, Creepshow, Cujo, Dead Zone, Christine, Children of the Corn, Firestarter, Cat's Eyes, Silver Bullet, Maximum Overdrive, which for me is the one I'm looking for. I love Emilio Estevez, Stand By Me, Creepshow 2, Return to Salem's Lot, Running Man. Oh God, we get to watch Arnold, uh, Pet Cemetery, and It's Part 1 and 2. There are some fucking bangers in here like there are there's nothing really... on this list that i'm like oh god because i like children of the corn it's kind of corny for lack of a better term but i like it yeah when we get into the 90s there's, there's some bullshit but in th yeah. this like children of the corn is great the dead zone is amazing christopher walken love, martin sheen seen, that is a great film. i've seen a lot of these I've, like i've seen I'm, all of these i've seen everything except for like a return to salem's lot fucking the running man whitman price and haddad like i love i love the running man i haven't seen salem's lot either of them i haven't watched cujo all the way through uh i don't think i've ever seen firestarter all the way through because oh, i was a kid when it came out george c scott oh it's a good one dude um and I think that's it because I've seen just about everything else. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. It'll I, be a memory lane. I, 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 I'm, I'm hyped for this as well. Yeah. This is going to be good yeah. times. All right. Well, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do so. Don't know how, but it can be done. Uh, you can go to facebook.com slash chronologically pod. You can find Eric on Twitter at Eric underscore hotter. I'm also there uh, at podcast by Jeff. You can check out my other podcast called the movie draft house um, where I review the aforementioned a simple plan. Uh, you can also find Eric's gaming reviews at GamingNexus.com, as well as his YouTube channel, Eric Hotter. Is that it? That's it, yeah. Uh -huh. Well, we'll see you in two weeks for our season finale with Knock at the Cabin. Thanks, y'all. Bye.